1: The Self-Love Club, where boss women share their stories to empower others. Welcome to The Self-Love Club podcast. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of The Self-Love Club. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you are new, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us. There is a backlog of interviews with some incredible women for you to catch up on. We rely heavily on your support, and there are some easy ways you can do that. Make sure that you're subscribed to The Self-Love Club on whatever podcast app you like listening on we're on all of them also you can follow us at self love club podcast on instagram you get daily self-care self-love notes igtv clips of interviews inside scoops heaps of goodness and it's really cool to see where you're listening keep tagging us in your stories another way if you're really enjoying it is telling a friend about it sharing with your pals is super helpful and we do thank you for all of your support Right, let's get into this week's episode With a background in fashion magazines, beauty and PR Zena Wilkinson started the online-based platform Source To amplify diverse voices and step away from the Photoshop look In this episode, we chat about representation And how to dismantle the patriarchy and systemic racism Especially in the world of fashion and beauty Why we need to see more women and women of colour in boardrooms Self doubt and setting boundaries. We're so lucky to have Zina on the Self Love Club podcast. Zina, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for your time. It's so nice
0: to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. It's incredible being in the studio. It's such a cool space to I work know. from. I know,
1: yeah. Not on Zoom for once, which yeah, is so exciting. I know.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I'm done with Zoom. It's done. <laughs> I'm over. I'm breaking up. <laughs> Fair enough. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Um, so I'm the founder of a website Called Source, which is um, sort of like an online magazine, but I sort of think of it as more as like a community space. It's a space where you know I feel like we can all come together and have meaningful conversations about um, some of the topics that can be quite implicit, um, and try and sort of bring the implicit to more and sort of an explicit space. And I'm really like hard to navigate conversations around career and motherhood, self care, as well as um, you know mental health. You know, all of these topics are like really, really important. But I also really like talking about beauty and fashion. So that's sort of the underpinning and undercurrent of the website.
1: Yeah. We'll talk through all that soon, but take us back. Where did you grow up and did you know what you wanted to do when you were younger?
0: So I grew up in Mumbai. I was born there and I still spent a lot of my time, you know, studying overseas. So I actually did come to New Zealand when I was 13 and I spent a bit of time here and then went back. And then I did um, some more education, some medication education in London and work experience between London and Dubai. And then I went back to Mumbai and I worked at with the BBC group and Times of India. So I worked um, with the magazine called Grazia, which is really popular, mm-hmm. I guess, like in, in the UK as well. Um, So, yes, I was there as a fashion editor. That was like my first job, proper job, you know, like after uni. And that's sort of my background, you know, sort of working in fashion and in terms of what I really wanted to do while growing up. I think it was always fashion. I was just like thinking about this the other day that I loved making little doll clothes with my grandma as a kid. So I always wanted to use clothing and texture and like um, just be creative with with those things, you know. Mm. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's so cool. Yeah, you've become a mum recently. Congratulations. Thank
0: you. Yeah. And how old's your baby now? My baby is 12 weeks old. Oh, wow yeah very little very fresh yeah <laughs> how are you finding motherhood so far it's been a whirlwind it is so hard for the first few weeks it it gets better like I mean actually it doesn't you sort of get used to to living on very little sleep and being on survival mode mm-hmm. and um, really kind of being in tune with your instincts on how to like care for your baby you know just you just sort of like mums just know when they're sleepy or when they need to be fed or you know so that sort of instinct kicks in and it's it's definitely very exhausting but it's very rewarding Mm. yeah like motherhood in general is a very it's very complex Yeah, yeah I think one side of it is um Yeah, like I said, really rewarding. And it's like holding my babies, like, just feels like the most incredible feeling. But also, there's the other side of like motherhood, which is like this, like, this sort of glorification of motherhood and Mm. can be a bit complex to deal with, like, all of that, all of these labels. And, you know, it's trying to still find yourself without that label.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk through what you've been doing lately with, you know, juggling, being a mom and working.
0: But Mm. when did you create Source and how did that all come about? Um, So Source Source was launched four years ago. I sort of was looking at, you know, so I moved to New Zealand about eight years ago and I worked here for a while and within like sort of fashion and PR and marketing space quite a bit. But I noticed that there wasn't really any media space, which was sort of like unbiased and, um, you know, like sort of unfiltered and unphotoshopped, you know, everything was very yeah, everything was very like sort of um, fake. You know, there are a handful, there are a handful of publications that are still around, and I do respect the work they do. And but overall, I felt like there was there was a gap in the market for digital space that was a little bit less. You know, wasn't like Photoshop, a space that sort of celebrated community, and I really wanted to create a community feel, um, so people can be involved when we're talking about makeup or beauty or. Um, careers like I really wanted more voices to be involved in what we're talking about rather than just being the opinion of a handful of people on Mm. top.
1: So what did it look like when you first started it? Was it something you started at home on your laptop? Like what did you do? How did you create it?
0: It's still that. It's still uh, me at home on my laptop. (laughs) So not much has changed. In fact, I feel like I was doing a lot more shoots and I was out there a lot more at that time. Um, You know, we were doing just a ton of editorial work in studios and uh, meeting lots of people. And there's a lot of out of the home and studio sort of um, collaborations happening back then. You know, obviously there's, uh, you know, the recent changes in my life with like pregnancy and And having a baby and also the pandemic, which is like you almost had to, we had to, you know, sort of like find ways to work remotely and still create you know, really beautiful and special content mm. in that way, so.
1: Mm. And you yeah. would have had all those contacts through your work in that
0: space already to exactly yeah. sort of launch something and they all jumped on board. Yes, I think thanks to my PR job that I had when I first arrived here, I did meet lots of wonderful people and that enabled a lot of collaborations.
1: And, you know, you talk about being a, you know, lack of diversity or a, you know, the everything was very edited and Photoshopped. Talk us through your experiences of, you know, have you always seen, I know we've been on a panel together before where you talked mm-hmm. about how you hadn't seen a lot of representation and, and you know, mainstream media, fashion, beauty, Talk us through that. Like,
0: was that something you really noticed growing up? So I grew up in Mumbai, right? So, you know, coming here, I sort of had this assumption that, you know, there is no racism here and everything is, you know, fair and equal. And it was really eye-opening to see the sort of level of not racism, but like sort of this unbiased nature of like media and uh, the way marketing worked. And it was really sort of almost shocking to me. And I think it still is like, obviously, there. there has been some progress in the last four years. I've, you know, like, I guess like in the last eight years since Mm. I've been here, there has been some progress and every year I feel like we are progressing. The Black Lives Movement obviously was very eye-opening to a lot of people, but I still think when it comes to decision-making, still a very few and like certain type of people obviously like hold that power and, you know, they get to decide which black person and brown person gets to be featured, gets to be invited to an event or they still hold the power and that needs to change. Mm. And until that happens, like, I don't see like how things will improve in a in a bigger sort of way and
1: it almost sort of becomes like tokenism you know when they when someone's doing a campaign and they'll include someone of a different ethnicity or you know someone who's got a disability and that's great but you've got to be careful what are your thoughts on it not becoming tokenism or just they're doing it to fill a quota sort of thing you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think again it comes down to having the right people in the boardrooms, in the meeting rooms, making these decisions. If it's all just the same type of people and there isn't enough diversity in those boardrooms and in those meeting rooms, that sort of results in tokenism, mm. you know, because it doesn't come through as in a in a sort of like authentic way. It mm. comes it definitely comes across a bit fake.
1: Do yeah. you think that, especially with fashion and beauty, there is that sort of I don't say it's all fake, but it's all very pretty and aesthetically pleasing and almost elitist. And do you think a lot of it, I mean, obviously it's a very broad topic, but when it comes to that, perhaps they have a certain look and they have an idea of what beauty is. You certainly see that with makeup in uh, a lot of fashion. Do you think yeah. it's it's a lot of that as well? Like, how do you break that down?
0: Yeah, you're right. This is such a broad topic. People have a lot of privilege mm. with whether it's growing up with a certain family or privilege with the way you look. It definitely opens the doors to a lot more opportunities. I feel like that sort of it keeps that same cycle going, mm. and you you're not really letting other people enter that space of like fashion and beauty.
1: So when you first came to New Zealand, or even when you're in London, I know you studied there a bit. what's it like when you're not seeing yourself represented and maybe for other people who've had this as well you know you're not seeing yourself like maybe if it's like even makeup you know foundation colors or things which we're seeing a lot more of now which is great but what is that like when you're in that situation
0: it's funny because you it just becomes like a normal thing you don't even realize that you're not being represented Represented because you're so used to things to be that way, you know. Growing up, even when I grew up in Mumbai, like you know, we always see ads with a certain type of beauty constantly being represented, and you just kind of realize that that's the norm. But it really takes a lot of work. What is it then, like cracking into an
1: industry and creating your own platform where there's these standards already? Mm-hmm. What is that sort of experience like?
0: I have worked in the industry for a really long time, and so I have come in. To this space with years and years of experience so I was really confident about what works what we're doing and how I wanted to look you know I come from a traditional print media background and from that experience there's definitely ways to sort of like organize shoots that I've learned you know and then how to sort of like you know lead interviews and conversations and definitely about like understanding like what works mm. what people want.
1: What have been some challenges along the way, whether it be with your career or personal challenges, what have been some
0: challenges you've experienced or lessons you've learned along the way? One of the biggest lessons I've learned is sort of nothing is wasted. Like, you know, you might try different jobs and different, try new things that may not be sort of the career or like the part that you intended on, but you know, you might need to do it because of, you know, you have to pay the bills sometimes and you sort of end up doing certain roles and positions but all dots connect nothing is ever wasted i feel like it all sort of comes together and you learn from it a lot Mm. and somewhere you can tap into some of those experiences and make it work for you in the future
1: yeah, that's so right. I think when you're younger, especially, you sort of think, it's really important what I do because, you know, I need to stick with this or do this thing. But you're right, you do sort of learn that each thing you do all helps whether you keep using it or you don't. So it's Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. really handy. Yeah. What about, what are some of your go-to self-care practices, things that you love doing um,
0: that make you feel good? I'm really big on chanting. So I find that if I feel like a bit frazzled and um, a bit vulnerable or if, I, if I notice that I'm ha- starting to have a lot more negative thoughts especially like at times like these with COVID and you know there's so much going on with the world and um, climate change and you know there are moments where you just find yourself feeling quite anxious and I find chanting it sort of gives me the clarity that I need you know I think the repeating like uh, a mantra or word or something I find that you are able to like focus on your energy and like connect with the energy of the universe and i I really find that very transformational, yeah like, yeah.
1: I think a lot of people are discovering meditation now and especially during these times have been really helpful. When did you first come across that? I mean, it was obviously a long time ago, but is that something that's barely changed your life?
0: Oh, meditation has been so incredibly helpful as a tool. As you know, like working in media and, you know, the sort of creative spaces, you tend to question yourself a lot. You know, you're working really long hours and you just need a few minutes. Like it doesn't have to be long. You just have to quiet your mind and just let your inner self shine through. You know, that's exactly what meditation is. Like you're starting to listen to your gut and that's so important to keep you grounded and rooted and to remember what's important. And I think meditation, the word itself, I feel like it's really heavy and it sounds boring and tedious, but you can just, you know, like it could just be like taking a walk and just being present uh, you know, when you're walking in the park or being present when you eat um, your meal. So that can be kind of like meditative as mm. well. You know, you don't have to like force yourself to sit down and have like, you know, incense and stuff like that, like candles burning. You know, just being present is like, is meditation basically.
1: I forgot to even ask you when we first started, why did you come to New Zealand? What attracted you to come here?
0: Like I mentioned, I came to New Zealand when I was a lot younger Mm. and like I think I was like 12 or 13 and I fell completely in love with this place and I still do and I'm so grateful, especially now more than ever, to call New Zealand home. I just had to come back here for a holiday like 10 years ago or something and I met luke who is my now husband and yeah we would we did long distance for a while and it was you know whether he would move to mumbai or i would move here and uh because i was freelancing at the time it was a lot easier for me to like sort of just pack up and and come here and see what happens and that's exactly what i did yeah
1: so cool yeah oh i'm so pleased that yeah you love it here so much how are you finding working on your project, your baby, you know, your platform and also now being a mum, you know, not getting a lot of sleep, and still working. What has that been like for you over the last few months?
0: Having a baby, I feel like it's physically traumatic in some sense, but it's also emotionally, you know, you need a lot of time to heal. Mm. And so because I work for myself, it's been a little bit hard to like step away, to lay down boundaries and not try and like reply to every single email that comes through. I put my auto mailer on and, and I really wanted you know, wanted to have this time with her because it really is a really special time and it's not going to come back, you know, like the newborn phase is like just magical. You know, I was getting emails like right away, like pitch from like PR companies and stuff like the next week after having a baby. So it was, yeah, it's been annoying, some of it, but... Now I feel ready. Now I feel a lot more ready to sort of like tap into it, but I'm still going to make sure I enjoy this time with her. Yeah,
1: so right. I think that's a big one. It's something a lot of us, I think, have to focus on at different times, boundaries. And it is hard when you own your business, like you're your own boss. You know, it's not like you can just take maternity leave and someone else does your job or covers or, you know, like you're the one that has to do it. And even so, people just don't – I've found that myself – People just don't quite understand that, you know, even if I work certain days and don't work others, they'll still right. expect you to do things for them. It's like, I know. We need time off. Like, I know. there's no this, need to work all yeah. the time. Like, that's exactly. And yeah. I think having boundaries
0: with that and your right. work and yeah. other people
1: is that's huge self
0: care. I know. And I think with Instagram, it's gotten worse, right? Like, you yeah. notice a lot of like people just sending DMs like whatever time, like on weekends and yeah. like at night. And once they've seen that you've read it, and then you're just like, <laughs> oh, I would reply back to You know, you don't have to. put yourself through that stress you know like there needs to be we need to start Mm. having boundaries and Yeah, I think And then you get a bit resentful if you You don't if you don't have those boundaries, hey. Yeah, and I'm like, I have my mailer on. Why are you asking me if I've read this? You know, like I choose not to reply back. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm gonna stick to that, you know. Like Mm. of of course now I'm back at work and you know, I try and do a few hours here and there when she's sleeping and I try and focus on things that are important, which is really creating content for our community and stuff that they want. You know, it's not a platform created for peddling products and for making all the PR companies happy. we really want to create things For our community mm. And like It's about them
1: Yeah So talk us through That content you do make For your community Do they you know, Do you ask them What they want Or
0: like I guess You probably know Your target audience Very well yeah. You sort of know What they want Every now and then We you know We might do a little On Instagram, where you know they can send in questions or they can mention what they would like us to produce. In general, I think we sort of have a good understanding about what they want. Like we can see um, the conversations that happen in our DMs and behind the scenes and the engagement with certain articles. Of course, like it does, you know, skyrockets like when there's a conversation that is really important.
1: Yeah, and you've got other people writing for you as well. I know there's been some pretty big articles that people. I've talked about especially on social media
0: I've seen so I run the business now with Liam Sharma and he is an incredible incredible mm. writer so I think he's paved the way for lots of amazing conversations on the side yeah, yeah. And, but we also have some some amazing writers from Australia and New Zealand so very very grateful
1: and talk us through some of the some of the content or articles that you notice that have been quite popular and people have really engaged with like, what is there certain topics or have there been certain ones that stand out to you?
0: Every week I feel like we... You know, we're sort of like shifting and moving like, you know, there's like lots of new topics, whether it's like politics or climate change or there's like a season of burnouts. you know. So Mm. it's like I feel like every week there is something new. It is about being really in tuned with listening to Mm. what's happening around you. And then we sort of find topics based on that.
1: The season of burnout is such a thing at the moment. It is, yeah. And especially in the industries we're in, and I'm sure you've found in PR, working the hours that PR do, you know, how do you stop yourself from burning out?
0: Because is that something that was happening to you? Uh, Yes, I feel like every year I tell myself, no, I'm going to take it easy. I'm not going to try and overdo it. But, you know, come November, the burnout (laughs) hits the button. And I think in some sense, like the pregnancy and uh, motherhood has allowed me to separate my personal life from work life, which has been actually really healthy and really good for me. So Mm. I'm going to try and continue to like sort of set boundaries like yeah, that we talked good. about yeah yeah it's
1: so important yeah. yeah and I think this year as well people are feeling that burnout more so
0: because of COVID and we've all everyone's had to work really hard this year so hard yeah working from home and trying to do like multiple zoom meetings it's <laughs> exhausting do yeah. you find that at times you lose motivation to do certain things or are you quite motivated
1: to do what you're doing
0: yes of course like there's definitely moments where I feel like I'm overwhelmed And I needed a break, and I allow myself to take a break. I think I'm very lucky and grateful that I am in this position where I can do that. I can step away. So I have two businesses. I have another business where we do marketing for brand with brands, and I can sort of like step in and out of these two businesses, Mm. um, which is really good. So I can sort of stay creative, create this like sacred space with source the website, but I can also step away from it if it's getting too much, and Mm. then come back to it with fresh eyes.
1: Sounds like. You have a really good setup.
0: Yeah, Thank you. you've been. I
1: mean, you've been doing it for a really long time. Yeah. What are some things you would like to see? I know we've talked about representation and and the way things are. And I guess through your career, what are some things you would like to see done differently? Whether that be in those spaces or even. Social media online Which you know, Everyone's doing It's not just the Media platforms these days Everyone Has social media accounts Is there yes. something You would like to see Be done differently Or uh, Like things that you'd like to see
0: Dismantled And how they're at the moment I think the, uh, For the last few years I feel like the algorithm Hasn't really worked or just in a in a sort of equal and an unbiased way for people of colour. I definitely feel like you do see a certain type of certain types of people a lot more on Instagram. to just pop up on your feed a lot more. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like social media, like I really hope that we see a lot more changes in that direction but in terms of like behind the scenes the people that are making the decisions I really want to see more diversity in the boardroom more you know women and of course like uh, women of color Mm. they need to be in the boardrooms to make you know to be involved in, in some of those important decisions yeah From what you know, are you hearing of more of that happening? Well, not really. There's definitely more of like a awareness where it comes to casting and, you know, like involving people of colour in different areas, but it still is very much the people that are making those decisions mm. are still, you know, white men and women and a lot of white men, in fact, and that's sort of, you know, that needs to change. I think like women definitely need to have those CEO and those positions. And I think we'll see a lot more changes when women are leading some of those roles. Mm.
1: You're so right as well about the certain looks we're seeing on social media. It's almost like there's an Instagram look or even TikTok as well, which is yeah. becoming huge now. There is a certain look You're even seeing it With the filters You're able to use On stories Which are great And they're cute Um, But you know Like the whole Some of them Change your face And I just really worry About people thinking Young impressionable people Thinking they have to Look like
0: that I know I think that A few months ago When this sort of Like filter With like the big lips And the Mm. You know Tight like jawline And fake lashes And that just became A norm Yeah I do worry I think when I watched What was the documentary On The social Dilemma. yeah that yeah. was really interesting because you know I have nieces who are like sort of like 12 and 13 and I really worry for them mm. like it's such a you know they're on the Instagram already all the time and you know yeah these filters are not helpful are they like I feel like mm. they almost need to be removed honestly like I like the filters which are cute you know you can have beautiful freckles lighting. and yeah. you know you can have little daisies on your cheeks and you know those those ones are cute but I think the ones where it just transforms not transforms but, like, kind of what's the word? Um, it's, de- yeah. The de- forms.
1: Yeah. yeah and, it, and there's nothing wrong if people want to do, you know, like, if they want to look like that. But I just yeah. think it's making it like that's what's normal and it's not like it's
0: not normal to look like that it's
1: almost like giving us one uniform look and I just, yeah. yeah it's just that's a backward step especially I when know. we're supposed to be
0: moving forwards and exactly yeah. it's very problematic it's very scary I really worry about the young teens growing up you know yeah. we sort of grew up in a generation where we didn't have to deal with that as teenagers so I'm very grateful that I did not have Instagram while growing up mm. <laughs> the pressure it puts in young ones to go and get fillers and lip fillers and stuff done At such a young age it's okay if you you know you're in your late 20s and you know you can do whatever or in your 20s and, and above and you can do whatever you want but when you're so young you need to just like read good books and yeah. take walks and just enjoy your life exactly. like sleep because yeah. you know you don't get to sleep that much as you get older <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah What is some advice you would give to your younger self knowing what you know now what would you tell her
0: I would tell myself to stay creative and and you know, really find time to to paint and create because, like, creation is such a gift. And yeah, you do have a lot more time, right? So I would mm. say, create and really do things outside work that that are important and are gonna help your self worth and not just yeah, not waste away that time. I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: Have you found often your identity is in your work a lot?
0: Yes and no. Mm. Yeah, yes and no. I think it used to be. I think when I was in my early twenties, I definitely was a stylist like that's what I was and that's it and I think you're right like doing things outside of that is so so important for your self-growth and yeah that's sort of the advice I would give my younger self mm-hmm. definitely you know move away from your work and invest in yourself
1: yeah it's so hard as well when you're in your young 20s because you're really hustling a career or whatever whatever it is you want so you do sort of focus a lot on that which is good in a way but yeah like you say it's good to do other things as well yeah what is some advice you would like to share to those listening I know you've you've given us heaps along the way but what are some things you would like to share
0: I'd say follow your gut instincts and really practice hearing it take time you know like I said like just be mindful when you're eating or walking, just like little ways where you can just focus on yourself and invest into being around good people, you Mm -hmm. know, your family and friends and good-hearted people.
1: I think that's so true because they say that the people you're around, you know, really do influence you and and how you feel
0: yeah exactly and sometimes you just you sort of get caught up and you end up spending time with people that don't necessarily like matter or like you know that they're like Mm -hmm. not really very nice so yeah (laughs) yeah, you might as well like invest your time and energy into the right people
1: you talked earlier about self-doubt which is something that we all experience and especially in a creative sort of industry or creative field it is something especially when you're creating things you're like oh is this is any good what what is your journey with
0: self-doubt and self-belief being like you know do you mm. believe in yourself a lot more as you've gotten older Absolutely. You do tend to sort of cut corners with yourself being a woman, but also as a woman of color. Like I've noticed that I was doing that quite a bit. I was doing work for a lot less money. And so really, I had to do a lot of work on really invest some time into myself and realize that, you know, I am worthy of a pay rise, I am worthy of being in that room and making those, those decisions. So I think um, really investing your time and energy in yourself is really important.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of people might feel and relate with you saying that, you know, like I interviewed someone who said, you know, they almost felt grateful to be in a room, but it's like, well, no, you earned you're right to be there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Is that something you've sort of thought sometimes? Yeah, obviously, like, it's not easy to work in, especially in fashion and beauty and lifestyle um, spaces and definitely feel like you can question yourself. There is a bit of self-doubt that can creep in quite easily. And so you always have to remind yourself that you do belong there. I think, like, it takes time. You know, I'm in my 30s now and I've had to do some work. I have to admit that in my 20s, uh, I wasn't as confident mm. um,
1: um, yeah, 30s is, is, yeah, people get afraid of
0: turning 30, but no, 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 it gets yes. better, right? It gets so much better. Mm. 30s are the best. Nothing to fear. <laughs> yes, nothing to fear. Yeah. It honestly is the best. But I guess you have to do all of the groundwork. You have to go through all of those, Yeah, like all of those like sort of self-doubts and like you don't have to go through it, but you know, you sort of learn from everything.
1: What are some of your, I mean, you're really into fashion and you always look amazing and you always oh, smell too. good and like your makeup's always amazing. But
0: oh, you're so kind. What
1: are some of your things at the moment like trends and things you're loving or
0: whether it be something you like wearing or using I am really big on skincare so I really sort of enjoy yeah taking my time and doing my skincare routine it's sort of like my Mm. sacred space in the bathroom like every night before I go to bed I love local New Zealand brands Emma Lewisham does amazing skincare I love her serum. Sarine does like a really good face mask which i love like just if i need just like a little top up if mm. i'm feeling tired i use that what else i left like tatcha like tatcha is a really good skincare like it's a Beautiful, clean beauty brand, and it has lots of like mindful ingredients. So I really like Tatcha. If anyone has any questions, just send me a DM. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'd love to chat about it. It's I'll... like my favorite thing to talk about. About makeup and
1: skincare. Yeah, skincare, yeah. especially. Oh yeah. my God, same. I'm, I, I know. I, yeah, it's so good.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: I'll put all your details in the show notes. What about like fashion? You're always wearing blazers. I noticed you wear like certain jeans at the moment.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've got my mom jeans on. Yeah. I now understand so good, the mom jeans. Like, like, you know, trying to like suck in that oh what that baby No,
1: you look beautiful.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I find blazers like really effortless. And New Zealand's weather lends itself like to the blazer sort of fashion, like yeah. really easily. Jeans, a t-shirt, and a blazer. Yeah. Yeah. I love
1: it. Before we wrap up, did you sort of appreciate your body and even love yourself more when you went through your pregnancy and like sort of knowing what you were doing? Like it's it's incredible.
0: I feel like up until I got pregnant I was very I wasn't as confident in my body and I feel like I would look at like my elbows and like I don't like my elbows and you know just like dumb things really like you know you sort of but I think pregnancy makes you realize how incredible a woman's body is and how hard it works and like you know it's basically magic like our Mm. body is just magic and giving life and looking after baby and all of this like understanding how the reproductive system like works how how it sort of like looks after your baby in your body it's like actually just like shocking yeah it was just you realize that your body is just magic and then you come out and you obviously give birth which is a whole <laughs> different uh, topic but uh, a whole different conversation but as well as like breastfeeding and stuff like yeah. it's incredible how, you, how that works
1: how have you found that like is uh, is that something you're enjoying doing or is it being yeah. hard for you
0: it is hard it sort of puts a lot of uh, responsibility on the woman to feed and care for a baby like, like I like the idea of men and women sharing their responsibility mm. but it is quite special at the same time it's just so quick to feed a baby that's like, really easy mm-hmm. <laughs> but the first few weeks are a nightmare so yes if anyone thinks that it's just like super easy you know it takes it's a lot of work mm. to get there
1: hey thank you so much for your time I uh, you. learned so much from you and it's so interesting hearing about what you've been doing and yeah thank you thank so you much. it was so
0: lovely speaking to you
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow on your go-to podcast app. If you're enjoying listening, feel free to leave us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends and you can follow us at Club selfloveclubpodcast on Instagram. I'm Val Crawford and all the places you'll find us in the show notes.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.